On this episode of JR the P. Growing up, I was inundated with a lot of television shows like Jerry Springer, Maury Povich. When it comes, enough of this. We're going to get to this. Woo! Enough of this. Maury's going to speak. I'm opening the envelope. When it comes to the paternity of six-year-old Jay Shana, T. Ray, you are the father. Ooh, T. Ray just found out he's the father. Ooh, I told you, motherfucker. Told you, motherfucker. Now what, motherfucker? Now what, motherfucker? See you in court, motherfucker. Now what, motherfucker? You know, the horrors and trials and tribulations of some fucking Jerry Springer, Maury Povich victim. You know, getting fucking sandbagged with a fucking paternity suit. You know, as a youngster, as a little youngin, you know, I'd just be watching TV like, you know, I don't want to, no. You know, I want to be, I want to be in show business, but not like that. You know what I mean? Then, you know, coming up in a single parent family, you know, we weren't raised to respect life. You know, we were raised very much, uh, you know, the story of the world. You know, this is nothing new, my story. Just in a brief nutshell, of course, mother did the best she could. Not really sure what the relationship was with my father. He was not there. Two sides to every story. Broken family, broken home. And we weren't raised to value life. You know, life is a beautiful thing that I had to, thank God, discover and through the trials and tribulations of that I've been through and, you know, like any other swinging dick. Today, I really value that life, my life, all the messy, stupid, inconsequential horse shit and buffoonery that I chalk up as an everyday occurrence is the gift that I've been given, my life. And when I was coming up, you know, like... I was raised as a burden, more or less, you know, like, and that's nothing new. There's a lot of children out there, whether they come from a rich family or a poor family. You're just kind of in the way, uncared for, and you don't see that life is a beautiful blessing. And that's how I was raised. So then I developed a very cynical worldview, in a sense. I thought of children as a, as a, anchor oh no it's gonna weigh you down and ruin your life i mean at least that's what i've seen in my family right not knowing that that's not the true beauty of life that's just the corruption of anger resentment bitterness and a dying outlook the result of a dying outlook and today that's why i am pro-life i'm Pro living. I got a living, lively, loved, little bit of an alliteration. I got a living outlook. Hey, oh, yo, oh. What's going on, folks? It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent. June 29th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. Welcome and bienvenue to 
Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Hello, folks. How are you doing? At your service, Jonathan Ramcharan. If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast, that is. This is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self. Y'all the dear listener. Y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. And a little bit of levity, I'd like to might add. You know? It's not all bitch and whine and squawk and bellyache and anka bitsin. There's celebrations, exuberations, jubilations, ejaculations. <clears throat> uh, you know, just, you know, a real uh, firecracker of thought, content, dialogue, myself being the one dialoguing, that is, monologuing, and, um, you know, you too, though, do have the option to have a little guest appearance on the podcast, write me, you know, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com, folks, that's where you can get a hold of my black ass. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, my own website, Jonathan, pronounced Jonathan ramcharencom You know, you can connect with me there. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know it truly is. You know it is. Deep down in your heart, you know it is. You know you could share me with a friend and sharing's caring. And you know you could do a good deed. You know you could. It's up to you. It's on your conscience, all right? I wash my hands of it. It's on, it's on you. I hope you live the rest of your life with this on your conscience. How do you look yourself in the mirror every fucking morning knowing that you could have shared me with a friend? You could have turned this fucking podcast from a one donkey operation into a fucking stable of donkeys, you know? You could have turned this jackass into a plethora of jackasses. It's on your conscience. Coffee break, balls. Don't mind me, balls. Gotta have my coffee. All right, playtime's over. We're going to be talking about something that is very much in the cultural mosaic, mind frame, mind fuck, and um, mouthful in this day and age. Roe v. Wade. The monumental landmark abortion issue in the United States of America, which far-reaching tentacles, as I hail out of Canada, I'm a Canuck, eh? As I hail out of Canada, you know, monkey see, monkey do, you know? Monkey gets an abortion. I'm getting an abortion. Another monkey starts scratching her pussy. My monkey monkey pussy's getting an abortion too. You know, monkey see, monkey do, you know, as a Canuck living north of the border with them fucking yokels do down there. Well, us fucking hicks, we 
tend to follow suit a lot of time. Monkey see, monkey do. So let's get into this Roe v. Wade thing. Now, this is an article from wikipedia.org. Make sure to donate. <laughs> and before I go on with this, um, Roe v. Wade. You must have heard that, or you may have heard that in times past. And just a little comment on that. The more I live life and the more I mature into the adult that I am. <coughs> pardon me, folks. <coughs> Horrible timing. But as I mature into the adult that I've been relegated to, um, you know, you, you, you hear things, you know, like Roe v. Wade, Watergate, Bay of Pigs, um, Gulf of Tonkin. Um, here in Canada, you hear things like, um, you know, uh, I don't know the, the Residential Schools Act and um, FLQ crisis, the November crisis, October crisis. And, um, you know, uh, Vimy Ridge. And you hear all these terms and words and historical events. But when you really think about it, all this historical mumble jumbo is just a bunch of dickhead, dumbass ignoramuses fighting and fussing and fucking and cussing in their times. Now, flash forward a few decades and my dumbass has to learn about it. I don't want to know anything about it. What you do with your own fucking life is your own fucking business, right? Why? Because some dickhead... In ancient times, did some fucking dickhead buffoonery. Now I have to fucking read about it on Wikipedia. Make sure to donate. <coughs> so, like, do you see my point? So, like, I remember growing up hearing Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade. And it just, you know, you'd hear somebody talking on a talk show. Well, you know, women have always been fighting with these types of issues and stigmas and uh, stigmatations since, um, you know, dating back to Roe v. Wade, RVW. And, like, they just say it with such a perfunctity, or whatever the fucking word is. Uh, they say it with such a emphasis, you know, or just such a smugness, you know, a little bit of an obtuseness, you know, a little um, facetiousness, facetiousness, or, you know, smug, whatever words you can fill in there, you know? And they, they just say it, you know, it's, oh, well, you know, RVW, dating back to RVW, it's like, I don't know every little fucking thing that ever fucking happened, all right? Knock it off. I'm not a walking lexicon, a fucking thesaurus with fucking two legs and a fucking 12-inch dick, all right? Like, I'm not a fucking walking dictionary. I don't know every damn thing that happens, right? It's like Roe v. Wade was one of those things. It gets annoying after a while because it's almost like the myth of the word or the term gives it much more importance than it is. And what it's really about is just a bunch of fucking mental patients doing mental things in their own time, you know? Uh, Korean War, uh, you know, uh, fucking what China, Mao, Tong, Ting, Mao, Pao, um, Genghis Khan, Alexander the Great, Napoleon, all these fucking dickheads were just being fucking dickheads, all right? Why do I got to know about it? So at this point, you must be thinking to yourself, this guy's an idiot. But I'm really not. I think I'm rather insightful at times. And I half joke. But do you see my point? History is just what we make of it. 
is it not? And there's the right thing, and then there's the wrong thing. So we're, let's get into this. We're going to get into this here. So again, make sure to donate. Wikipedia.org. <laughs> this is an article. Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade was a 1971 to 1973 landmark decision by the Supreme Court of the United States. It ruled that a state law that banned abortion was unconstitutional. The decision said that a woman's right to privacy extended to the fetus-slash-unborn child she was carrying. In the view of the court, during the first trimester, an abortion was no more dangerous than carrying the fetus-slash-child full term. Or rather, in the view of the court, during the first trimester, an abortion was no more dangerous than carrying the fetus-slash-child full term. Wow. See, I didn't know that. Maybe a little historical reading is all right from time to time. They considered carrying a child full term the same danger as an abortion. So I guess they know better than Mother Nature. I mean, you know, women have been popping out fucking babies out them fucking yam yams for a millennium or so, 2,000 years or. Some shit, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, these dummies in the little fucking courthouse know what the fuck it is to, you know, what constitutes the laws of nature. The 7-2 decision had Chief Justice Warren E. Berger and six other justices vote for Jane Roe. And Justices William Rehnquist and Byron White vote against it. The decision divided the United States and is still controversial. People become divided into pro-life and pro-choice groups. (coughs) Pro-life supporters argue that the unborn baby has the same right to life as other people and the government should intervene to protect it. Pro-choice supporters believe that the unborn baby is not the same as a person, and that the woman has the right to choose what she wants to do with her body, and that the government should not intervene. Roe was limited by later decision, Webster v. Reproduction Health Services, 1989, which allowed the regulation of abortion in some cases. Several states have considered laws banning abortions altogether. In May 2022, a leaked draft of the Supreme Court's decision to overrule Roe v. Wade was published. On June 24, 2022, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. That's uh, a little background. Some whore was fighting the Supreme Court about her right to give an ab- get an abortion. Uh, Roe v. Wade. Um, and it has been overturned. On June 24, 2022, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. So, 
the original verdict, the original landmark or whatever, the, the, the original decision by the U.S. Supreme Court, it ruled that a state law that banned abortion was unconstitutional. So state laws couldn't ban abortions. They were unconstitutional. So this overturning of Roe v. Wade, it is now up to the state to uh, rule on abortion uh, rights. I personally, um, you know, as we, as I, as Wikipedia broke down there, you know, like there's the two camps basically, right? Pro-choice, pro-life. Pro-choice, um, it's the woman's body, it's the woman's choice. The fetus is not considered to be a person. It's the woman's right to that privacy and that choice to abort. Pro-choice. Pro-life, um, the sanctity of life is protected. The unborn child is protected. The unborn child is a person. The unborn child counts. I am in that camp. Pro-life. Now, I always haven't been. I always haven't been. And this is a criticism and a judgment, but I mean, sometimes we have to say the truth. At least I see it for myself. Growing up, I was inundated with a lot of television shows like Jerry Springer, Maury Povich. When it comes, enough of this. We're going to get to this. Woo! Enough of this. Maury's going to speak. I'm opening the envelope. When it comes to the paternity of six-year-old Jay Shana, T. Ray, you are the father. Ooh, T. Ray just found out he's the father. Ooh, I told you, motherfucker. Told you, motherfucker. Now what, motherfucker? Now what, motherfucker? See you in court, motherfucker. Now what, motherfucker? You know, the horrors and trials and tribulations of some fucking Jerry Springer, Maury Povich victim, you know, getting fucking sandbagged with a fucking paternity suit, you know, as a youngster, as a little youngin, you know, I just be watching TV like, you know, I don't want to, no, you know, I want to be, I want to be in show business, but not like that, you know what I mean? Then, you know, coming up in a single parent family, you know, we weren't raised to respect life. You know, we were raised very much, uh, you know, the story of the world. You know, this is nothing new, my story. Just in a brief nutshell, of course, mother did the best she could. Not really sure what the relationship was with my father. He was not there. Two sides to every story. Broken family, broken home. And we weren't raised to value life. You know, life is a beautiful thing that I had to, thank God, discover. And through the trials and tribulations of that I've been through and, you know, like any other swinging dick, today I really value that life, my life, 
all the messy, stupid, inconsequential horse shit and buffoonery that I chalk up as an everyday occurrence is the gift that I've been given, my life. And when I was coming up, you know, like, well, I was raised as a burden, more or less, you know, like, and that's nothing new. There's a lot of children out there, whether they come from a rich family or a poor family. You're just kind of in the way, uncared for, and you don't see that life is a beautiful blessing. And that's how I was raised. So then I developed a very cynical worldview, in a sense. I thought of children as a as a anchor. Oh no, it's going to weigh you down and ruin your life. I mean, at least that's what I've seen in my family, right? Not knowing that that's not the true beauty of life. That's just the corruption of anger, resentment, bitterness, and a dying outlook. The result of a dying outlook. And today, that's why I am pro-life. I'm pro-living. I got a living, lively, loved, little bit of an alliteration. I got a living outlook. And, um, you know, a woman does have choice. She does have the right to choice, pro-choice. I'm being a little facetious, but she does have the right to a choice. She has the choice to abstain. She has the choice to, you know, take it in the butt. She's got the choice to, uh, you know, I'm joking around a little bit, but, you know, like contraception, birth control, prophylactics, condoms, hand jobs. Like, there's a choice. So if a woman is so choosing... Make that choice. You know, but you don't have the right to kill a child. To kill an unborn child. And the child is itself a person. It has now become a person. And why would you want to deny that person the ticket to the greatest show on earth? Life. Life, life is the greatest show on earth, you know, you know, you know how hard the little sperms and eggs are working, scrambling around in there, trying to get the damn thing together, and once that ignition hits, you know, the little, little sperm, he hits the egg, right, wow, jackpot, jackpot, you know, I hit the jackpot, I'm gonna be bored, I'm gonna be bored, I hit the jackpot, yeah, you know, a little sperm and little eggs, you're just like, you know, high-fiving each other and stuff. You know, you hit the lottery, he's going to be born. Oh, my God. Why would you want to cancel the greatest ticket, the greatest show on earth? Life. And, you know, one counter-argument I heard to that, you know, is like, you know, the typical counter-argument. Well, what about cases in which women are raped? Or, um, you know, incest, fatherly incest, tragically. And those are like what, those cases are like what, 0.1 of a percent of the entire scope of abortion. Stick the data up your ass, you know it's true. 
And the counter that I heard to that is it's like, okay, so a woman's raped, horrific, horrible. And we need to catch that rapist and give them the due penalty. But why take one tragedy and turn it into another tragedy? Right? The child is innocent. Why not birth the child, put it up for adoption? And in the same case with all issues of abortion in general, why not birth the child, give it up for adoption? It's a very dark thing. A very dark thing. To get an abortion. All these little opinion ads are coming out, opinion pieces are coming up on news feeds women giving their stories and testimonies of um, abortion this one woman she's like i'm the proud owner of two abortions and it helped me find out who i was and she's got this look on her face it's like you're proud to demonstrate that you had two abortions so you could find yourself And I'm being hypocritical. No, I'm not really being hypocritical. Like, I'm saying that when I too was very self-centered and cynical and uncaring for the sanctity of life, I too put myself before common decency and before the 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 truth of mother nature it's the truth of mother nature if you're going to lay down in the hay and you're going to have a child then that's life and that's it and i made myself feel that way i had those feelings of like oh no if i ever had a child oh my god like if i ever had a child out of wedlock or knocked up some chick I would want an abortion for sure. Like, I mean, I, I, I couldn't step up to the plate. I, what about me? What about me? Because I was raised um, with a dying outlook, as I aforementioned. Uh, the broken family, the twisted uh, entertainment and media that I saw growing up. But that life does have a sanctity and it does have a value and it's just, it's a life. There ain't no better way to put it, pro-life. That says it all. And, um, you know, coincidentally, um, actually, no, I'm going to save that to cap off this little segment. But one thing I do want to read to you um, <laughs> Just because um, I have it. I was walking down the street not too long ago. And there was this. These two dudes. They might have been Jehovah Witnesses or something. I don't know what they were. They're like handing out these pro-life pamphlets. Guy turns to me and goes. Sir can I ask you a question? What's your stand on abortion? And I went. Hey buddy. Right on. I love what you're doing. I guess I confused him. Right? He's like. What? You're, what? I'm like, hey, Menno, I love what you're doing. He's like, you, you're 
what you love abortions i was like no no i i, I i'm like um i'm pro pro life took me a second right it's like not every day you walk around thinking about killing kids right so it's like i wasn't really thinking about abortions right so i was like what am i, am I? pro life and i'm like yeah man i love what you guys are doing i'm pro life and they said god bless you sir and i said thank you and um, they handed me a pamphlet. Hadn't had the chance to read it. I'm going to share it with y'all now. It's a little crumpled up, you know. A little, looks like a, you know, f- first trimester abortion. or It's kind of crinkled up. But this is um, a little pamphlet that they handed me. Shouldn't all human beings have human rights? See? A little baby in the womb. I don't know if y'all can see that. Shouldn't all human beings have rights? A little baby in the womb. That's a seven-week embryo. You can see the bulbous little brain. You can see his little brain and his little eyes. And cute little fingers and his little dink. He's got a little dick, you know what I mean? Shouldn't all human beings have rights? Well, no shit. That's what I say. They should. Ten-week aborted fetus. So there's a picture of a 10-week aborted fetus. It's horrific. It's very sad. I'm not going to sh- show it on camera. It's a it's like a little looks like a little tiny, you know like a little gingerbread man from uh Shrek. Oh, oh I'm a little gingerbread. <clears throat> oh, whoa, 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 I'm a little gingerbread man. Oh, you know a little gingerbread man. From Shrek, he looks like a little gingerbread man, but like all covered in blood. A little ginger dead man, a little bloody gingerbread man. Little tiny intestines ripped out, little tiny fingers, bloody brains. You know, there's a picture of a 10-week aborted fetus. It's fucking horrific. But in Canada, we violently deny human rights to pre-born human beings. Over 100,000 children in Canada are killed by abortion every year. 141, 100,000 abortions a year. How is this allowed to happen? Because we have stripped pre-born children of their human rights by arbitrarily defining them as not human beings under the law. Section 223, parentheses 1. Section 223, parentheses 1, of the Criminal Code of Canada states, A child becomes a human being within meaning of this act when it has completely proceeded in a living state from the body of its mother. In contradiction to this, the UN Declaration of Human Rights states, Recognition of the inherent dignity and of the equal and inalienable rights of all members of the human family is foundation of freedom, justice, and peace in the world. So now it just gets into terminology, legal litigation, blah, blah, blah. It defies reason that some would claim the preborn are not human beings. Think about it. If something is growing, isn't it alive? That's a good point. If something has human parents, aren't they human offspring? That's true. And we humans have human rights, don't we? Well, I think I do. 
So since the preborn are growing and have human parents, when it f- then it follows that they are live human beings. And since abortion kills them, then we know it is a human rights violation. What about different circumstances? There are often difficult circumstances surrounding an, a, a pregnancy, but just as there are difficult circumstances surrounding all stages of life. However, does that give us the right to kill human beings? Good point. You know, it's like, oh, this woman, like as the... For the example I mentioned, there was an opinion ad, an opinion piece that I that I skimmed over. This woman was talking about how getting two abortions gave her the chance to find herself. But just as there are different circumstances surrounding all stages of life, I mean, does that give the right to kill human beings? I mean, you know, if, if it wasn't for her two abortions, she wouldn't be able to go find herself. Well... Does that give you the right to kill human being? Because, you know, I got bosses and supervisors that are complete dickheads in jobs that I've worked. It would be more convenient for me to find out who I am as a person if I put a bullet between their eyes. You know, if I just slit their fucking throats and no more yakety yak from upper management. You know, there's plenty of ways that life can be easier if we annihilate people. Does that give us the right? Interesting point. What about pregnancy resulting from sexual assault? Sexual assault is a horrible crime and the perpetrator should be hunted down and punished to the full extent of the law. The question is, if we wouldn't even give the death penalty to the guilty rapist, why would we give it to the innocent child? Very interesting. You know? And this isn't about me, you know, um, I think it's very easy, especially in this time, the age we live in right now, 2022 there's you know the battle of the sexes and what is a gender to begin with but there's the battle of the sexes and the whole gender identity thing but one thing between men and women is there seems to be a i don't know a butting of heads a showing of wills and i'm not on this pro-life wagon for a fad or to express my contempt for women as a young man in, you know, this time. And, you know, but that's a good point. If if we're not going to put the guilty rapist to death, why would we give an innocent child a death sentence? And it's it's not about it's not about a woman's choice. It's about the universal code and the male's DNA and the woman's DNA. The man and the woman put the child together. It's not the woman's choice. And that child is a person. It's not even about the father or the mother at the point. It's about the child, the unborn child, the living human. I mean, would you step on a caterpillar? You ever seen a little caterpillar sometimes crawling across your carpet? A little fucking caterpillar just necking his way across the carpet. Would you fucking step on him? No, you pick him up, you take him outside. Same thing with a little ladybug. 
little ladybug scampering across the floor. Kind of a kind of a pervert would step on a ladybug. You know, you pick it up on a you know, you scoop it up on a little magazine cover and you you fling it outdoors, right? Yet, you know, you're gonna fucking kill a fucking human fetus? So you can find yourself? What if the mother's life is in danger? Planned Parenthood abortionist Alan Gutmatcher has said, Today is it is possible for almost any patient to be brought through pregnancy alive. Abortion is never medically necessary to save the child, to save the life of the mother, and it is always wrong. What we are advocating is that both lives have to be taken into consideration and valued equally. Okay, see a full explanation at endthekilling.ca slash life. So apparently, even in the words of um, some Planned Parenthood abortionist, today it is possible for almost any patient to be brought through pregnancy alive. So it's not even a question of saving the mother's life for like the like 99.9% of the time. I mean, that's not even an issue. It's just like a thing that we it's just like a a little scapegoat excuse a little scapegoat excuse that they use even in the words of planned parenthood abortionist i mean they recognize that reality in these day and age in this day and age it's possible for most any patient to be brought through pregnancy alive human beings have human rights human rights begin with the human when the human begins Science tells that a human begins at fertilization. And more graphic pictures of an aborted, eight-week aborted fetus. Just disgusting, sad, tragic, horrible. So if you want to know more about this pamphlet, um, I'll put up the information. Have questions, pregnant, post-abortive, email at endthekilling.ca, www.choice42.ca, www.healingandhelp.ca. Little disclosure, I'm not affiliated with any of this. I'm just pro-life. So... You can contact this organization if you want more information. Uh, Endthekilling.ca Yeah. You know, like, when, when 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 you're so obsessed and afraid for yourself and your little mortal concerns, it becomes easy to just kind of put decency out the window. You want the good life you want to have all the shiny objects and pointless parties and careless meanderings of a lifestyle of the rich and famous it's very cynical and it's a very dead outlook when life is the meaningful thing And I'd like to thank all the women. It's not in my fucking... 
deck of cards to be thanking women too often. But um, I'd like to thank all the women out there that, um, for example, myself, um, I came from a single parent family. Um, my mother was in dire straits when she had me. Two sides to every story, but I mean, it, it wasn't no happy home, you know, like many people. And despite all her crazy craziness and fucked up bullshit, she did birth me, you know? And I'd like to thank all the women out there. And like I said, it's not in my usual deck of cards. I'd like to thank all the women out there that, despite the odds, give birth at, um, you know, but don't get up on your high horses because, you know, the manly thing to do is to just take your, take your medicine, you know, just, hey, take your lumps. So it's like thanking women for doing what women were created to do. You know, I wish every mother would stand up on mother. I wish every mother would. The world would be a, such a happier place, free of anxiety, anger, resentment, confusion. If we can come back to a state of love. And one of that would be a Mother's Day when mothers wake up and you know, they scratch their tits. Oh, they're sagging a little bit. You know, they scratch their tits and... They walk down to the kitchen and, Happy Mother's Day! She's just like rubbing the shit out of her eyes. She's just waking up. Um, hey kids, hi hubby. What's all this shit? Happy Mother's Day, Mom. We made you breakfast. We bought you a cake. We bought you a day at the spa. It's your special day. Happy Mother's Day! What a beautiful world when... All the mothers around the world would just be like, hey, hey, hold up. First and foremost, it was my honor to be your mother. It was my womanly honor to give birth to you. No thanks needed. Get the shit out of here. Really, all I want to do is, you know, walk around with no bra and scratch my pussy today. You guys leave me alone for a bit. You know, I might have a little alone time with the old Vibratron, you know what I mean? But that's really all I want to do. I mean, you don't have to give me no Mother's Day present. What the fuck? I mean, that's what... It was my honor to be your mother. Because all this crazy fucked up confusion starts at the home, you know? These fucked up mothers that impart their anger and resentment and craziness on their fucking kids... These fucked up fathers that aren't man enough to deal with the wife and they're not in the home and they got their anger and resentments that they barrel down on the child as well. If I had a little bit more respect for life and family and the things that actually mean something, this, this world would be a better place. And I want to leave y'all with a little thought. Classic Dave Chappelle bit. It's one of his jokes on uh, one of his latest, well... One of his Netflix specials. I think it was um, Sticks and Stones. But um, anyway, one of his Netflix specials as of late, last few years. He had a bit, and not to do the bit, the point of the bit was, and, you know, in regards to abortion, it's like, if a woman 
AIDS, Dave. You know, well, I'm just saying, you know, if if a woman has the right to kill the child, I at least have the right to abandon it. You know, it's my money, my choice. You know, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, that's a great point. If a woman has the right to abort a child, kill it. Don't these deadbeat fathers at least have the ch- the right to abandon the child? Like, think about that. These women, these women always want it. That's the funny thing about women that, you know, like I said, it's not always in my deck of cards. After I stroke their ego there, let me knock it down back to reality. It's like, there's always the double standard of like, um, they just can't say when there's something that's true in regards to their character defects. As if we just make this shit up and, oh yeah, we're just going to make up these criticisms and point out these obvious traits to make them up. It's like they, they always want it both ways. Which is it? Is it that, um, you know, they always want to eat their cake and have it too. Have their cake and eat it too. It's like, if you want the complete, like, how can you justify killing a child yet penalize a man for abandoning the child? I'm far greater happier that my father abandoned me than my mother aborted me. Far greater, you know? And I don't even know if my father abandoned me. That's just really the... I'm going to hopefully get some clarification on that in my lifetime. But um, I don't even really know what the whole story was there. And That's the tragedy of like the majority of people. We come from these mixed up families with anger, resentment. doesn't matter if you're from a rich family or a poor family. The feeling of unwantedness that's prevalent amongst children from the cynical outlook of people that don't even know why they're even fucking and just fucking to live or living to fuck and not thinking about what the real fucking deal is. And that's that fucking inner love for life. Or, you know, Come up with your own solution, you know. Um, have a few abortions and find out who you are. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. You know. Roe v. Wade. Overturned. A little late on the go. I'm in the second trimester of this discussion. But I don't have to abort it. I can talk about it if I damn well want to. Quick sip of coffee, boss. Don't mind me, boss. Uh, rabbits. Oh, that wascoey wabbit. Uh... In light of the post-pandemic, the COVID-19, that whole horseshit that we went through. The next thing after that was the monkeypox. Oh my God. People want to declare monkeypox a international intergalactic uh, crisis. 
the latest thing that they're trying to fear monger up now is rabbit disease. Oopsie doodle. Knocking shit over here, folks. Sorry. The latest thing is rabbit fucking rabies or whatever. So let me talk about this. This is a quick little article. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to give you the gist of it. You know how articles are in this day and age. Just babble on. So this is an article from ctvnews.ca. New deadly contagious rabbit virus detected in Ontario for the first time. (gasps) And I'm going to jump the gun. Just to show you how the whole idea of control and fear mongering. Look at the title of this. New deadly contagious rabbit virus detected in Ontario for the first time. (gasps) Now you would think that by that title, due to um, the recent COVID-19, due to monkeypox, you would think that, um, oh my God, I might catch a fucking fatal disease if I go to a petting zoo. You know, like, oh my God, if I kiss a rabbit, I'm going to fucking die. As I read on, I've already read this article, It's um, it doesn't transfer to humans. From what I've read in this article, humans are um, immune. This is a rabbit virus restricted to rabbits. You know, it's a rabbit virus for rabbits. A deadly rabbit virus, but for rabbits, nonetheless. Do I look like a fucking rabbit? Anyway. A highly contagious and deadly virus that affects rabbits and hares has been detected in Ontario for the first time. Two cases of rabbit hemorrhagic disease virus, dash two, two parentheses RHDV dash two parentheses, were reported earlier in June in southwestern Ontario's Lambton County. Previously recorded in Alberta, B.C. and Quebec, rabbit hemorrhagic disease is not known to affect humans or other species. So seeing as it's not able to affect humans and other species, I'm going to abandon, I'm going to abort reading the rest of this fucking ad article. I read it already. But um, it doesn't spread to humans. Um, rabbits who catch it can die. So if you've got a pet rabbit, it might be of interest to you. But otherwise, if you're like any other normal person who doesn't fuck around with rabbits, um, you'll be fine. So it's a long article. And I just thought it was crazy how they could put out an article like that, you know, with that title in this post-pandemic age, you know? New deadly contagious rabbit virus detected in Ontario for the first time (gasps) after COVID-19, which allegedly was spread through bats and then wombats and then whatever the fuck. They never even, who knows, still out to lunch. The debate's still open. Who, what, where, when, why, and what the fuck is COVID-19? Was COVID-19? What the fuck was it? Still don't really know. Then they come up with the monkeypox. <gasps> I got the monkeypox. I got monkeypox. You know? 
eat a banana and you scratch your nuts, next thing you know, you got monkeypox. <gasps> right? And then apparently that was spread by monkeys. So then when you put out an article, new deadly contagious rabbit virus detected in Ontario for the first time. Oh yeah, but um, by the way, um, it only affects rabbits. What the fuck are we talking about? Fear, anger, aggression. These are the tenements of the dark side. Fear, anger, aggression. You know? Trying to make you fearful. So. I think you get my point. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you're like, what an idiot. I hope he catches rabbit RHR2D2 dot fucking parentheses 25. Hope you catch that rabbit disease, buddy. You think you know every fucking thing about rabbits? I know about a little bit about a rabbit. I got a new little rabbit buddy. Um, you know, there's this little rabbit buddy of mine that um, uh, he lives in like this little bush um, where I lock my bike up. So every now and then when I'm locking my bike up at night and I look over and I, I see his little rabbit buddy. I took a picture of him. He's like, he's my little bunny buddy. I took a picture of him. I'll post it to you. So before you get on your fucking bandwagon and start screaming, oh, he hates rabbits. He doesn't care about rabbits. He's making a mockery of the rabbit R2H2D2H25 rabbit disease. He's making fun of rabbits. I got a little rabbit buddy, my little bunny buddy. Share a picture with y'all. There he is. And, um, you know, he lives in like this little bush right by where I lock my bike up at night. So I do love rabbits. He's actually a hare. He's a wild uh, hare. They're in the rabbit family. Interestingly enough, rabbits are territorial shitters. So there I was. I was throwing him like carrots. I brought him some carrots. I'm like, hey there, my little rabbit buddy. I was throwing him carrots and shit. I thought he would have liked it, right? And he did. I heard him chewing on them. I heard him like chomping on them. But I guess they're territorial. Because when I returned the next day, right where I was standing was a pile of rabbit shit. When I say pile, I mean like two little specks. It's a rabbit. I don't really shit that much. But there was like a little cluster of rabbit shit. I guess he was marking his territory like, hey, I'm watching you, buddy. And I was watching you too. Anyway. I guess rabbits put a smile on your face too, though. Because, you know, as I reflected for a moment, he is quite a handsome little hare. I like rabbits. Oh, that waskawee wabbit. Uh, yeah. So if you're a returning guest to JRP, if you know, if you don't know, if you may or may not know, or maybe you're a new guest, I am an actor extraordinaire. Performer to the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. Yeah. The latest thing on my agenda lately is juggling. Yeah. I've been taken to juggling um, for a new role, a new project that I've been cultivating. And that's something that's very fun and engaging about being an actor. All the new challenges and things that you get to learn and do in the pursuit of a career. So I'm starting this new project that I'm working on. Can't speak too much about it, but one of the little, um, I don't know, caveats or situations of the thing is that um, there'll be some juggling. 
So there's some physicality to it. So it's a new skill, a new something that I'm working on to lend to the project. And going forward with my acting, what I've been really focusing on lately is longevity, health and longevity, you know? Um, I'm at a point right now where it's like, hey, I just want to be healthy. I just want to be available. I just want to be at the ready for what opportunities come to me. And the best way to do that is to maintain my health, my health, my physique, my robustness. And, you know, keep on. Well, I was about to sing that, but, you know, Neil, eh, fuck it. Keep on rocking in the free world. I'm going to keep on rocking in the free world, even though Leonard Nimoy. What's that guy's name? Leonard Skinner? No. Leonard Cohen? No. Neil Young. Even though Neil Young, ironically and hypocritically, doesn't want us to quite rock it in the real world, and little COVID sissy. Um, I'm going to keep on rocking in the real world and, um, or free world and, um, look to that longevity to be my saving grace in life and in performance. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. Yeah. I am also a, um, no, the light's getting a little dim. Did you notice that one popped out? Let me see if I can change it. Let me see if I can arrange it. Let me see if I can finagle it. Is that a little better? I kind of like that. That's a kind of a dramatic look. The Yeah, I should start doing that more often. But um, anyway, as I aforementioned, I am also a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yeah. And what I've been doing lately is digging into the crates, you know? Digging into the crates. Um, I recently dropped a comedy special, Jonathan Ramcharan, Suitable for No Audiences. That's available on YouTube, on Anchor, on Odyssey, on my website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. Check her out, bud. It's a real humdinger. Quite proud of it. So... I recently dropped a special. Now I'm moving forward, onward and upward. And um, one thing to kind of get me inspired and get me going, of course, I got little ideas, new ideas percolating. But I also have been digging into the crates. You know, check this out. That's fucking 13 years of hackery right there, boy. 13 years or so of straight up hacking, you know? Um, Some of my old journals digging into the crates, you know? Digging into the crates. Let's see what we got here. This is a random thing. Screamo guy playing air drums. He's such an artist that the confines of normality and backlogged public transit cannot contain his primal mantra. He must play the drums, even if they're imaginary. Parentheses, air drums. That's some fucking half-hairbrained thing I wrote on January 21st. 
2014, a little while back. That's actually kind of funny. You ever see those fucking retards who like, maybe like in public and you know, you know, they got a, you know, they're, you know, they're playing drums, air drums on the bus and they're playing their air drums and you know, to like, oh, oh, look at him. He's interesting. Oh, wow. Or like, you know, they're, they're walking around with their headphones and they're, they're flicking their fist, they're flicking their wrists like they're playing guitar, you know, and oh, wow, they're such a beaming and, you know, beckoning musician. Oh, give me a fucking break, you know, make you sick to your stomach. So that's a little smidgen of a, you know, a smidgen of a joke, a little crumb of a joke that I might, uh, you know, try to revamp or work on, you know. Dust all over him, boy. <sighs> yeah. So dark times for the Empire, I'm telling you. Ooh. <clears throat> I use a little interesting story about this, though. See that tape right there? You know, back in my drunken days of, uh, you know, open miking and Hacking as a comedian. I remember one night I had a particularly bad set or something. And um, I had a shitty set. And I remember I was drunk and I was walking home. And there was like a brick wall. Like the corner of a building. It was like a brick wall. So a very sharp corner and it was brick. And I had my notebook and I was walking by. I was like, motherfucker. And I hit the side of the brick wall and really fucked up my book then I had to go put a tape it up duct tape you know I mean that's my baby you know but I was mad at the moment so I'm motherfucker and I smashed the wall and fucked up my notebook so yeah boy digging into the crates lately so hopefully that I'll nurture some food for thought, some growth, some different jokes. And onward and upward. There you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Well, that about does it for another episode of JR the P. I certainly enjoyed speaking with y'all this afternoon. Certainly was a little random, the light going out. You know, that happens from time to time. I kind of had a feeling it would because I didn't recharge the battery. But, hey, what can you do? You know, it's given it the last half of the podcast, a little bit of a intriguing look. You know what I mean? A little parched in the throat. And um, it's a beautiful time to end. Certainly, uh... Hope the Roe v. Wade abortion discussion has been food for thought. Um, Again, it's not in my deck of cards to be handing out praises to women. You know, you bitches on your little high horses lately have been driving men nuts. You know what I mean? But um, hats off. Hats off to all them women out there that, you know... Take the plunge and, you know, they find themselves in a hard situation and they do the right thing. They value life. They give birth and then they, you know, um, put the child up for adoption or 
find that different alternative. But it's very troubling to look at human life as just disposable that way when it's not. And I think that's intrinsically known and we got to speak on it. And um, there's so much happiness to be found. Happiness in life, a living outlook. Hallelujah. Till next time, folks. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty. Signing out from duty. On this magnificent June 29th, 2022. Yes, indeedy. Um, Roe v. Wade. Rabbit disease hysteria. And all my performing endeavors. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying yourself, enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. Yes. Till next time. You live it, you love it, you realize it. Aight? Peace.